0: I give you praise, holy God. I worship you, Heavenly Father. Oh Lord, we need your great and mighty and Lord, holy glory. Let your Jesus. presence descend upon the congregation. Let the people of the Lord rejoice hallelujah. in thy presence, O oh God. Lord, that there be healing for the sick Lord, present here today. Lord, oh God, we Spirit, thank you. Oh we bless your great and holy and mighty name. Thank you Jesus. Thank you. Everybody said praise the Lord. You have a Bible? Turning to the book of Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, chapter 28, very nice to be here with each and every one of you this morning, and uh, entertain God's good presence, okay, all right, Isaiah chapter 28. You can find the book of Psalms and just go forward a little bit and you will find Isaiah. Pretty good sized book, 66 chapters. Okay, Isaiah 28, verse 16. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, A precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Judgment also will I lay to the line, and righteousness to the plummet, and the hail shall sweep away the refuge of lions, and the waters shall overflow the hiding place. Simply like to work this morning. On working on your sure foundation. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Working on your, if you like, working on my, you can singularize it for yourself, on my sure foundation. Okay. I'd like to uh, draw your attention. Luke chapter 6 and verse 46, something that should certainly arrest our attention, help us to sit up a little straighter mentally and to pay attention. You know, one time I came over an overpass, uh, flyover, and, uh, Down on the other side was the motorcycle policeman. And, of course, I came over the hill a little fast, maybe a lot faster. And she just bell's with me, and she's forever telling me to slow down. But anyway, I came over that thing, and and, uh, I I knew right away. I said, okay, he got me. (laughs) So I just pulled right over. He never even had to get on his motorcycle. I just pulled over and put my winner down. How you doing, sir? <laughs> and so he he talked to me a little bit. And he said, well, since you didn't make me chase you, <laughs> he let me go. <laughs> and uh, all right. Now, this has been a long time ago. Nothing recent, thank God. And uh, But um, I'm saying that sometimes it's good when you, you don't have to make somebody say something or do something, right? You just kinda you caught the look and okay, here I come. All right. So it's uh you know that old attitude, that attitude goes a long way when it's a good attitude. All right. Luke chapter six Verse forty six. Why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say. Now that that should definitely get a somebody's attention. You know. You better think about and I know that we could talk about the religious world, but the truth of the matter is they don't count. They they don't count. You could you could plan uh the nursery. You could plan nowadays you could plan what color? Because nowadays you can know ahead of time. And uh whether it's going to be a boy or whether it's going to be a girl. And uh, so you can get the colors and you can pick out the furniture and you can do all kinds of things. And uh, you're planning for it. You're planning for it. And you, you, when you get done planning, you can have that kid all the way through college and <laughs> on into a career, you know, all that planning but ain't nothing going to happen until that baby's born. Everybody said amen. Jesus said you must be born again. Now, you can talk and you can plan and you can, you know, people all the time are talking about scriptures and uh, you turn on the radio and, you know, I won't plug them or unplug them, so I'll just say you can turn on the radio to the gospel one of the gospel stations and I hope that's the only one you're turning to, unless it's a news station or weather. And, uh, you know, you can uh, you can hear them. They're just talking all kinds of stuff, and, and lots of it's in the Bible, you know, about God's mercy and God's love, and he's a strong tower, and he's my defense, and, you know, the grace of God and the promises, all those things. But they belong to us, not to them. Because they're not here yet. I want them to have that. I want them to be able in truth and reality to possess all of those things. But in truth and reality, nobody's going to possess it until you do what it says. Lots of folks, Lord, Lord. But you're, you're not doing what I said. He said, well, why, why call you me Lord, Lord? And do not the things which I say. Yeah. Doing stuff should also get our attention. It is written, and we don't want to just be a hearer. Because a lot of times the word falls on deaf ears. Unfortunately, the writer did say about this slipping. Slipping. I'll never forget when we set that park out here before we got into building. <laughs> the park was right where the big sump is right now. But, but anyway, and we, uh, my pastor was up and we, I. Th- put a little sign together and called it the W.H. Dunn Park. And and uh, we played softball that day. And I remember, oh, I was and uh, Oh, man, there's my pastor standing there watching. The first one hits me went right through my legs. <laughs> that was a miserable feeling. That was a miserable feeling. I don't want this word to slip through my fingers. I don't want that to happen, you know, lest at any time we should let it slip, the book says. I want to be a doer. Joseph, 17 years old. I told my wife this morning, I said, you know, Jacob, who is called Israel, I said, he loved Joseph. She went, mm-hmm. More. And that's our little fun thing, you know, about, that's what we'd always tell the kids, love you more. <laughs> and I uh, wanted or a lot of the little ones downstairs, they'll say, I love you, scene Sitel. She goes, I love you more. <laughs> more, more, more. And that's what it said of, of Israel. He loved Jacob. I mean, he loved Joseph more. Loved him more. And all the others loved him more. Well, you know the Lord, he couldn't have loved any of us more than he did, and then he does. He gave his life on the cross. He shed the blood of God for us. It is written in one place, what more could I do? There is no more that God could do. He's done it. He didn't just talk about it. He did it. The invisible showed himself visibly. Robed himself in flesh, walked among men and women, rubbed shoulders with them, had no house. Some people all they can do is complain about one thing or another, but, you know, Jesus, hey, they, I, I want to go with you. Jesus said, do you know? Sure, I want to see where you sleep. <laughs> he said, well, hey, you know, the old foxes have holes and the birds have nests. He says, I have nowhere to lay my head. Many a night they spent out in the mountain, camping out, many a time. Oh, yeah. It was a real treat, I'm sure, to get to go by Mary and Martha Lazarus' house. real treat to have a roof over the head. Great. Get a home-cooked meal. And I'm sure that they were very glad that they entertained him and that they loved him and that they made a place for him. A lot different than the guy at the end when things were little and he couldn't see past the end of his nose. said, we got no room for you folks. We don't have any room for you. Well, I don't suppose Joseph and Mary needed to be there anyway. I imagine there was a lot of things going on at the end that, you know. So they made their way down to the, the barn, Joseph pulled a little manger out in the corner and blew the dust off of it, probably put a little fresh provender or hay in there, uh, probably tried to get a few fresh products from Whole Goods, try to be healthy in the barn. Tried to make Mary as comfortable as he could, and of course, her moment came upon her, and she brought forth that flesh. And uh, along with the animals and the shepherds, there was the angels of God. So don't despise. What your flesh looks down on and feels is, is so nothing. Don't do that. Because unfortunately, what flesh feels is little of nothing, unfortunately for the flesh, <laughs> is that God, God looks at things in a completely different light. God didn't send his angels to the end. After all, there was no room there, right? Sent his angels there. They didn't get to hear that heavenly choir. I heard we had a heavenly choir Friday night up at the rally. Everybody said, Amen. Well, let's give God a big hand for that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God. Thank God for participation and, and for going the extra mile, literally. And, uh, And thank God for his confirmation and his blessing. He's a great God. He's a mighty God. He's a holy God. And I'm talking to you about you working on your sure foundation. You don't want to be living in a realm of hesitancy and halting between two or more opinions. Nowadays, you know, they used to say, Throwing your two cents worth. Well, it's more than that now, and uh, so I, I think maybe there's the a little bit, more to the halting between two opinions is everybody has an opinion. Look like, so I imagine it's a lot more than two opinions that person gets halted between, causes them to balk, and uh, but not people that not people that have a sure foundation. The Bible said they're not going to make haste. They're not going to be running around like a chicken with his head cut off. They're not going to be wondering what's going to happen. They're not going to be in that kind of mental state. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of people out there that are in a state all right and it's a mental state. I was in a pulled up to get some gas, and while I was filling the vehicle up to go to the rally, I, I uh, had gotten out and went in and paid and came back out and pumping my gas and uh, I had I kept the door open and the, and the music all the way up <laughs> and uh, I want everybody to hear that good gospel music. And uh, this was our gospel music, not the radio stations. And uh, so the person on the other side of the pump, they, uh, they asked me the weirdest question. They said, is that Mineham somebody? And I, come again? They repeated the name again. That didn't help at all. And uh, I'm sure I looked further confused. And I said, no, that's not. <laughs> and uh, you know, that's the, that's us, you know. And uh, so, I I went to give the person our card, and because uh, she said something about who are who are you or what do you do or something. It's funny. I was in one place, and and the guy said, hey, are you are you a preacher? And I'm standing in line. I go, yeah. He goes, how did I know that? He said, I don't know you. <laughs> then I pull up to the gas station, and I got somebody saying, who are you? Boy, well, you're talking about going from one extreme to the other. So anyway, I, I gave the individual my guy. I said, I'll show you who I am here. And they looked at the card, and they handed it back to me, and they said, I can't take that. I said, why not? <laughs> and they said, I, I can't have any paper. That was original. I drown in paper. I don't know about anybody else. You know, just go to the post office box, and friend, it. it just comes pouring out. If you're not careful, you'll—it'll be an avalanche. You'll get buried. And uh, so, um, I mean, trees, you know, forests are in my little box. You know, <laughs> and so I said, I, "How do you even answer that? Why can't you have paper? I mean, how do what, you know, you feel as about as Twice as dumb as the person who's saying it when you ask that question. So, anyway, uh, but you know what? Really, it finally dawned on me that I was talking to somebody that wasn't all there. Actually, somebody that had been very wound up, I knew the person because they kept talking and they kept saying details and spitting them out until finally my memory kicked in and, uh, and brother, that's a kick when it kicks in. Let me tell you. <laughs> I had, I the other day, I um, I was trying to remember who I wrote a check to and for what amount, of course. And I couldn't, I couldn't get it, you know. And I just, I had so many things going on, and and they were all colliding. And and I, you know, I just usually you just sit back a little bit and relax, and after a while, it'll come to you. Then sure enough, it did. It came to me, and when it came, bam! Everything, every detail, just followed right with it right down to, you know, the date, the amount, everything, just all of it. And it would have been, I had gotten some church supplies and picked them up, and it was something, you know, I just didn't log it and uh, didn't put it in the forefront of things. And So anyway, I it all just came back. Well, talking to this this woman, uh, as the more they talked and the questions that she was asking me, uh, I, I it dawned on me who she was. You know, sometimes you see somebody out of their setting, and, and it's really tough to... You know, you know you know them from somewhere, <laughs> but where is that, you know? When you see the, the waitress at the gas station, for an example, it doesn't compute. Or you see the person that works at the register in Publix or Home Depot, and, and you see them at some different setting, and it, it just doesn't kind of, I know I know you. From where do I know you? From whence do I know you, though, you know? And uh, so anyway, it finally was coming back to me that she sells she used to sell vehicles. The reason I say used to is because she said to me, uh, I'm out of the business. And I said, oh, okay. And the more I talked to her and the more I listened, the more I realized this person either has had or is having a nervous breakdown. This person has lost it or is in the process of losing it, losing their mind right in front of my face. And, uh, you know, and yet rejecting Rejecting for no plausible reason whatsoever. Well, people who are losing their minds, they don't have plausible reasons, do they? They don't make any sense, do they? They <laughs> don't make any sense at all. And uh, back to my little P.O. box, I remember a guy that worked at the post office before your day, Marvin, and, um, and Brandon. And uh, well, one day, he was in one of his not-so-nice moods, and then, of course, having the Holy Ghost, I was the number one target. And uh, he was always very irreverent. And uh, he said something to me about Biggest mistake we ever made was to sell you one of those little boxes. And I looked at him and I said, you know, I said, if that's the biggest mistake you've ever made, I said, you're doing pretty good. <laughs> he stopped for a minute. And he said, yeah, he said, that's right. <laughs> I guess my little thing got through to him, you know. And uh, so I'm saying to you that there are people out there, I'm trying to say, that really do have what I call MIs. They have mental issues. We have a lot of men's hearts failing them, the Bible said. Well, there is the natural heart, but there is the spiritual heart. And if this fails, this is going to have a reaction down here, this natural heart. But it's, it's those mental issues when people keep messing around and people keep involving themselves with giving themselves over to the wrong things. Now, see, you and I, we understand about spirits. But about that, they don't understand about that. They don't understand that at all. For all of their religion, they don't understand that at all. They don't understand. They don't know about the devil. And the devils. They don't know about that old serpent. Know about it. They don't understand how that realm works. Jesus said, Why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? And then he went on to say, Whosoever, don't leave anybody out. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my saying. Not enough. Don't want to stop there. And there's no period there. Actually, there's a comma. And it's okay to pause because just maybe, you know, you could take a real deep breath and focus everything and read on. So we're at the point where he said, whosoever cometh me, and heareth my sayings, pause, and doeth them. Doeth them. He said, I will show you to whom he is like, I'll show you to whom he is like. Let me show you somebody that's working on their foundation, their sure foundation, the foundation that's not going to crack foundation that's not going to crumble under pressure. There is no depth and there is no height that can cause this foundation to crumble. There is no what they call PSI or pounds per square inch pressure that can crack, break, and snap this foundation. This is made out of a substance that came from another world. Because when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, under the law, to redeem them that were under the law. Oh, yeah, people were moaning and groaning. There was a lot of mental issues. There were were people by Bethesda, by the pool, that were impotent, and lame, had all kinds of excuses. I want you to know, John wept much. You read Revelation, John wept much. Because there was no man. There was no one. There was a lot of fake and a lot of phony. There was a lot of put on. There was a lot of talk. Oh, brother, there was talk. And there was opinions. And there was strife and there was envy. Old Joseph, 17 years old. They threw him in a pit. Thank God there was no water in it. No alligators. I don't know if you know, but they outlawed. Four more snakes that can't be introduced and traded on in America. Brother, let me tell you something. They hated Joseph. You know why they hated him? They hated him because God was dealing with him. And in his innocency of his heart and his immaturity and his youthful effervescence or his bubbling up, of happiness and joy, he shared what God showed him. And then the Bible said they hated him yet the more for his dreams. And then, and then it kicked up into envy. And they were envious. That means that they were, that's born out of discontent. They were very discontented. You don't lose confidence in God and His church and His leadership, but what you first lose confidence in yourself. And when when you lose confidence and you lose your foundation, the Bible said, what can the righteous do? What can we do? The foundation is sure it's sure enough. But I'm going to tell you what the foundation is indispensable. It's indispensable. So Jesus said, "Why? Why call you me Lord, Lord? You don't do what I say. You got to work on that doing stuff. Got to polish that up." Got to pay attention to. We've got to ask ourselves, what am I doing? What am I doing with my time? What, where, you know? I always wonder when we're in church, and uh, somebody told me last night, as a matter of fact, on the phone, long distance, said that uh, they said, "Well, we're we're church people," and I thought. Are you now? <laughs> and i'm i'm thinking in my mind you know sunday morning sunday night monday night tuesday night wednesday night i could say that like my wife's in-laws you yeah. know monday night a tuesday night a wednesday night <laughs> some of them were from Ninth avenue in new york you know yeah they knew a lot about god yeah they What they did when bad spirits came around—they knocked on wood and they spit. They knew how to get rid of the devil, didn't they? (laughs) Oh, brother. Oh, yeah. You know, Jesus said, "Come on, learn of me. Come on over here and walk with me a little bit. I got no way to lay my head, but I can teach you some things. You come on, walk with me now. Gonna take a little sacrifice." Take a little bit of you setting some things aside that seem to occupy you. You want to talk about church going? We're church going, friend, And we believe in being involved, involving ourselves in the work of God. We want to be a part of that. I don't want to be said to me, you have no part nor lot in this. I want to have a part. And I want to have a lot. I want to be a part of the root and the fatness of Abraham. Now, that's a fat I could use. <laughs> I could use a lot of that. Yes, sir. So listen to what he said. He's going to show you whom he's like. God wants to show this. He is like a man which built a house and he digged deep. There wasn't going to be nothing shallow going on here. And he laid the foundation. That's a very key and important word. On the rock. Another key and important word. And when the flood, oh, pay attention because it's coming. It's coming. You know, we've had people for generations that have said, we're not going through tribulation." That's the Jews. They're going to go through tribulation. we the Gentile church. We're going up. We're going out of here. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, brother, I know you don't want me to go that way. When the flood arose, the stream beat, vehemently upon that house and could not shake it. For it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not. He's saying, I'm going to show you him too. He's like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream, here we go again, did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Now, Paul said in teaching to the church, the body of Christ, the one that was born by Jesus in Acts chapter 2, the only one church that he ever gave birth to. He wrote to them as they reached out to people everywhere. And they came to Corinth, and the church was congregation was started there and he said and I brethren could not. I want to get rid of the not for just a moment. So it should be and I brethren could speak unto you as unto spiritual. That's how that's how we want it to be. That we're calling him in truth we're calling him and his name upon his name because we are and have built upon a sure foundation we're sure of what we've got we're sure of whom we worship and praise and love and live for we're not halting between two opinions or more we're not turning back, is there anything more humiliating than to have to read that the children of Ephraim turned back in the day of battle? It was time to fight. And they turned back in the day of battle. And to add insult to injury, they were armed. They didn't turn back because they didn't have a sword or a bow or, or, or a gun or whatever. And We certainly want to spiritualize all of that. They turned back in the day of battle, being armed. That's, that's terrible to read. How do you spell chicken? <laughs> you know? How do you spell uninterested? Apathetic, lethargic. I just don't care. <laughs> Going out of here anyway. Are you now? Do I call you me Lord? Oh, we can, we can just dump it all on the religious world out there, but there's no sense in that because I'm telling you, it, none of it applies to them until they obey John 3 5, Acts 2 38. They're just not born. They haven't arrived. So they can, they can talk and mouth all they want, and they do. But it, all those goodies and all those gifts, all those promises, it doesn't apply to them. It doesn't apply to them. I guess I'm going to be the proverbial rich kid for a moment. You know how the proverbial rich kid goes into the room and there's a thousand toys. Well, let's make it more realistic. A hundred toys. And here's some poor little kid sits down. He's playing with one of those hundred toys. And the rich kid goes in and goes, that's mine. I want it. He ignores the other 99 toys. (laughs) You know. Well, I'm going to be the proverbial rich kid. This is my truth. Paul called it my gospel. And they can talk all they want, but they haven't gotten here yet. I want them to get here, and I talk to them about it, and I try to share with them. But as long as they just want to say, Lord, Lord, and not do it, and they have no foundation. Whatever house they're building, it's going to fall. I don't care how crystal cathedral look it is. I don't care how good they can do. Things that they do. Because the good that they do only affects the flesh. It doesn't move God. God is moved by completely different things. He's moved by spiritual things. And Paul said, I want to I want to speak to you as spiritual. He said, but he said, I could not. He said, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk, he said, not with meat. For hitherto ye were not able, you didn't show the ability to bear it, neither yet now, yet, yet now are ye for ye are yet carnal for whereas there is among you ending and strife and division are ye not carnal and walk as men no oh, brother but look i'm going to take the knot out we'll take the knot out i'm going to behave and preach and teach as you are spiritual. And that when you call on him, that he responds because you're doing what he says. You're doing what he says. That you're, you're making that effort to do what he says. The writer, as the church moved on, isn't it wonderful that the church had such forward motion and that the church moved on? And uh yeah. In the book of Ephesians, I could quote it, but I would prefer to take a moment and read it. Ephesians chapter two. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. This is what he said, teaching to the the new congregation at Ephesus. He said, you're no more strangers and followers, foreigners. He said, in other words, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon the foundation. I'm working on my sure foundation. Built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the buildings fitly framed together for habitation of God through the Spirit, not through the flesh. Didn't he write that? Another, shall we say, upstart congregation. he said, are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, having begun with this foundation, being, coming to Christ, learning of Him, and being taught that you must be born again, that you must repent, you must be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of all of your sins. And that you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that promises unto you and to your children. Let's not forget the children. Let's not forget the next generation. Let's not forget our responsibility. Somebody tell me that... that uh Little gift that was given to their young and play with outside. And I said, Oh, that's great. I said, as long as it doesn't interfere with the, the drum lessons and the piano lessons and the four languages that have to be taught. Oh no, it's not going to interfere. Okay. Okay. Good. You know what we say. We Want to keep the main thing the main thing. Let's remember what the main thing is, and if you don't know, let's find out. Let's find out what the main thing is. Jesus said, "I'm giving you a sure foundation." It's it's tried, it's tested, it's proven. It works. And it's precious. It's precious. It's more precious than fine gold. It's more precious than anything that the devil can pass under your nose in front of your eyes and that your ears pick up. That affects your five senses. More precious than that. More precious. And Jesus said, the ones that are hearing and doing and building, He said, I'm going to show you who those people are. I'm going to show you them. Oh, if you left off with Joseph in the pit, because God was showing one of his youngins, and uh, if you just left Joseph in the pit, or even in the being sold to the merchantman, carried down to Egypt with the Ishmaelites, sold into slavery, bought off the auction block by Potiphar. You stop right there, not too good. But as one rather famous commentator, I'll call him, would say, the rest of the story, and the rest of the story or account, skip a few of the highs and lows and just come out on the high end is that Joseph's dream, A man's gift to make room for him, his ability to not only dream but to interpret properly and spiritually put him over all the country, all the land. His fortune, if you please, was reversed. His stock market went through the roof. <laughs> oh yeah. Pharaoh said, You want me to get some men of action? So that we know what to do in this next seven years of plenty? Who better than you? You saying I know a man of action when I see one. You're not just a hearer. You're a doer. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And so, whoo. Man, suddenly it was just a bad dream, all of that stuff back there. All of that was forgotten. He even named one of his sons that way. God's made me to forget all of my toil and travail and hard times. He's made me fruitful. Oh, look what the Lord has done. And nobody could do it like the Lord does it. His loving kindnesses, friend. Woo! Yes, sir. His power, His glory. Oh, man. Can you imagine? And you, you have to kind of imagine this one to be there unless you've had that experience. But I don't know about having it just like that. But uh, you know, sometimes when you read the Bible, you ought to slow down and read it. Get your little pencil. Mark something. Let some things, sit up and get your attention. You'll be like, oh, is that in there? Yeah, that's it. And you know, Jesus was, in the midst of doing all the things he was doing in the days of his flesh, in his earthly ministry, and suddenly there's a funeral procession. There's a dead boy. He's the only son of his mother. She was a widow. widow. Not. Think you could identify that she was feeling very alone right about then, following along behind that coffin and that funeral procession, going through town. And her only son was in that coffin, she has no husband to lean on. Bible says that Jesus had compassion, all for the compassion of God, that he would even care about it. For God so loved the world, that he would even care. The days of the flesh, it would be a great understatement to say he was a busy man. On the right he's casting out the devil, on the left, during the sick, you know. There you go. He stops. compassionate. He sees this widow woman. He's beautiful. So he reaches out and touches the coffin. But he touched more than the coffin. <laughs> oh yeah. The Bible says. child sat straight up. The Bible said fear fell upon the people. And they began to say that a great prophet is risen up among us in Israel. Oh, how. How marvelous. Just slow down and read that something. Put yourself. In that scenario, Jesus' bell was telling me I didn't get to be in that service. But there was a woman, and uh, she had broken her arm, and they wrapped it up, of course. And and, uh, service going on, and everybody's lifting their hands and worshiping God. And suddenly, it didn't unravel all by itself, seemingly unraveling. And she had her arms out, and this arm was shorter. It was a terrible break. And Right there, in front of everybody's eyes, that arm just straightened out. It became the same length as the other Oh, yeah. Oh, his compassion, his power, his mercy, his love. There's nothing fake or phony about our God. He can do, somebody said, well, the scripture said, with him all things are possible. And somebody was wise enough to put an H in front of the word impossible and made it impossible. (laughs) With him it is possible. You can't think of anything other than sin that he can't do. He can do it all. And more than that, he's done it all. He's done all kinds of things. The writer said, if the books were written that would contain all the things that he did, he said the world couldn't hold those books. Couldn't hold those. All over the world, right this second. Some of the world is, of course, sleeping. That's why in the first resurrection, there's going to be some that go out working in the field, and some's going to be going from sleeping in their bed. <laughs> Different time zones. Yeah. But uh, you want to keep in mind that you want to work on your sure foundation because you want to go. You want to be in that first resurrection. You want to be a part of this church that all over the world, universally, if the people could somehow be hooked up together to give their testimonies, I don't know if that's possible. Person after person after person would become, group after group would become a multitude that no man could number. That would be trying to tell. I heard of a church congregation one time. They got a little off base and and uh, I don't know somebody must have come through and introduced, you know, got something by the pastor or the pastor let it go by. No names so not cussing anybody so to speak. But uh, He'd have everybody stand and testify at the same time. Now, me, that's a little bit of confusion. But at the top of their lungs, everybody would testify at the same time what God had done. And that's how I think it would be if you had everybody in the world to stand up and to somehow be able to tell what God did for them. I'm not talking about people on the outside. I'm talking about the body of Christ. But don't you worry about it because he's going to say to the north, the south, the east, and the west, give up my people. And they're going to come forth in the first resurrection and they're going to proclaim his, his greatness and his glory and his wonderful acts and the things that he has done. Oh yes. Yes. He's going to be with a woman that will testify how he raised their their dead to life. Oh, there's going to be many that were blind that he gave their sight to. And on and on it will go, testimony after testimony. There will be people, of course, that will want to talk about their experience of receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Talking to you about people that are Hearing and doing. People that are determined to work on their spiritual foundation and that they can be spoken to as men and women of God because they're spiritual. They're spiritual. It makes, it makes, one person said to me, Well, I said, what you're saying doesn't make any sense. And, and, Individuals say, "Well, it makes sense to me." <laughs> I'm like, I guess it would to you, you know. And you're the only one that it would make sense to. It's like listening to that poor woman at the gas station, young woman, probably not even 40 years old, maybe right at it, and just disjointed, just confusing, making no sense. mental issues, perplexities, problems, no defense. Oh, the Lord is my defense. Not until you're born again. They can talk about the love of God, but you don't get that until you get the Holy Ghost. (laughs) World filled with I'm going to, I told somebody, I think it was yesterday, I said, this person's, Favorite song, theme song is, I did it my way. <laughs> yeah, well, your way is going to wind you up in the wrong place. In the wrong place. And when you arrive in that place, there's no getting out. There's no second chance. You already, already had your second, third, fourth, and fifth, an innumerable amount of chances right here on earth. The window is open. Still a little bit but it's getting close to that cry that's going to come at midnight it's a dark hour I' say go out to meet him the bridegroom coming go ye out to meet him like I said what are some people doing on church night what are some people doing? On rally night, what are some people doing when the church is doing it? And they're not there. What are they doing? What are their children doing? What are their children? There was a terrible fire one time. That is, there was a particularly terrible fire one time, and the mother and father were standing out with some other neighbors that had gathered around as they watched. It was just an inferno. And uh, suddenly, mother looked. She said, where are the children? Where are the children? Oh, I'm asking you, where are the children? Where are they? You need to know where they're at. You need to know where they're at. You need to to have them right there, right where they should be. I'd like for you to be able to be sitting somewhere in the middle to the back and be able to look over some heads and see them. See them. Of course, this morning they're downstairs. By God's grace, in Sunday school. But you want them in church. You want them working on their spiritual foundation. call last night to have a little girl be baptized a week from today. And uh the little girl expressed that mommy said I could get baptized, but we have to talk a little bit. I said, what's there to talk about? <laughs> Come on. Let's do this thing. There's enough procrastination, church family. There's, that means putting off. And you can put off and put off and put off until it gets put off, and it's like you never get to it. You Never get to it. Well, I'm glad that the mother reacted positively and, and said, "Let's let's do it next Saturday, next next Sunday. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do this." Everybody said, "Praise the Lord." It's a it's a tried and precious and sure foundation. It makes you so that you're no longer a stranger or a foreigner or an alien that means, believe it or not. And uh, nice to see all this class coming in. I told uh, I was at, told you I was at the grocery store and I was at the checkout and I was right there at the end and you know, giving my little pesos and gathering up my two or three bags. And uh, you guys hug over and make a little room for some of our guys here coming in. And um, so I uh, all of a sudden I looked up and I think it was three, might have been four, very pretty and attractive young ladies went by. And I was like Because they were my young'uns. And they didn't say hello. I was feeling thoroughly dissed. <laughs> and so I, got, I said, give me my receipt. And I grabbed my receipt, pushed my little basket, and I said, I got my receipt. I'm going back in the store. If anybody wants to arrest me, I'll show them my receipt. I paid for this stuff. And I chased them girls down and, and their mom and I said, Hey! I said, y'all get to sing in front of a big crowd, and now you don't know me anymore? (laughs) Brother, come on now. I want these children right up on the front line. I want them in the church. I want us to bring this, and we have a solemn charge from God. You should read Deuteronomy 6 and 4 sometime. We, we have a solid charge from God to bring this to the next generation. That's your children. I was praying this morning. I asked God, you know, I said, you know, I wouldn't be that old if I could if I could live, we, wife and I could live to see the fourth generation. The fourth generation here in this congregation. Maybe put me around 80. You know, not just born. I don't mean just you know like Jamelia right now, but I like to see him grow up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like that. Like that. Let's stand together. Working on that. Working on that spiritual foundation. Not going to be a foreigner or a stranger anymore, any longer. But you belong. He makes a place for even the sparrow, the Bible says, and He knows when the sparrow falls. He's got His eye on everything. Yeah. You're a part of His His body, the church. You're bone of His bone, flesh of His flesh. You're born again. You got the right foundation. You're not building without a foundation. You're building with the foundation. He himself, that's how it said, he himself being the chief cornerstone, the one that all them folks out there that I told you haven't arrived, they hadn't got born again because they rejected, they set him that is, not only would be, but is the chief cornerstone. They rejected him. They set him aside. But the Spirit made him the head of the corner. Didn't matter how jealous. Didn't matter how the more they hated him. It didn't matter how they envied him. Neither did it matter in the final analysis that they crucified him. Because he rose again. Just like he said he would. All his ways, is it not marvelous in our eyes? (laughs) Is it not marvelous when you witness the healing, when you witness the bold legs straighten out, when you witness the dead raised up. Remember Brother Kennedy telling not too long ago they had a man who died right on the pew. Well, you don't die, that's a good place in church house. And uh You know, we die, and the Bible said, "Then we fly away." That's in your Bible, I guess. That's where that song came from, right? Oh fly away, oh, well. That's what it said. We die, and then we fly away. And I don't know if that means we sprout wings at that moment, or, but uh, you know, that's what it said. We fly away. And uh, <laughs> oh, brother, I love the Bible. I tell you what. It's got so many good things in it, and it will make you laugh. Yes, it will. It'll make you laugh right in the middle of, of your tears. It'll make you laugh. And, you know, laughter, it doeth it good like a medicine. And sometimes God just has to open your, like a mother opening your mouth and pouring that castor oil in there, you know, or the medicine or whatever it is, you know. Sometimes God just has to open your heart and just pour his medicine in there, you know. I had somebody told me that they sent a text to uh, somebody inviting them to come to church. And this person comes pretty regular to, uh, and very regular actually to services. And um, sending the text, they were in, wanted to encourage the person to come to the to the rally Friday night. And they thought they were sending it to one person. In reality, evidently, and this happens, you know so be careful what you text, <laughs> and send it to somebody else. And the somebody else had had a particularly rough day on the job and, and uh, wasn't planning on going, and they read the text. They text back, and they said, okay, what time are you going to pick me up? And later on, in a route, the person who sent the text found out that the text went, to the unintended person. But the unintended person responded positively and came. And, of course, the person she had meant to send it to, they didn't come anyway. <laughs> so, you know, God has a way of doing things, doesn't he? But the point is that the person had a particularly rough day at the job. They were just stressed. Now, that's another joke between my wife and I. We always go stress. What's that? Everywhere we go, it don't matter if it's an acupuncturist or a dermatologist or a chiropractor. It's always about avoid stress. And we're always, <laughs> we're always, we look at each other like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I told somebody last night on the phone long ago, I said, you know how stress is spelt, don't you? And they said, huh? And I said, P-E-O-P-L-A. people people. That's how you spell it. People. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, Lord. Especially when they walk by and won't even say hello to I <laughs> oh, give God a big hand. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Lord. Uh, you've heard the guy that he, somebody came by and he said, hey, he said, I'm working here. In other words, don't interrupt me. Well, we're working here. Let's not be interrupted. We're working on our sure spiritual foundation we're working on that we're working on that and nothing else could even approach to it in importance and in priority okay this is the main thing we know it we know it thank god we know it how blessed we are to know it everybody said hallelujah Take a moment with me she sings. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. Let's worship our God. He is great. He is mighty. He is holy. Never fail. Never will fail. Oh, yes.